Good morning. Good morning, everybody. We are in the second of our series on uh, Nehemiah, Rebuilding the Wall. I would theme uh, today's title as Rebuilding the Wall at GICF. There are many things that we can learn from the book of Nehemiah. Um, you know, the, we were focused on the COVID and uh, the winners and sufferers of the COVID. You know, GICF as a whole did relatively well uh, from the COVID, relatively well. If we look at our finances, you know, we are pretty strong. I suppose one of the reasons is because, you know, during the COVID season, we didn't use this place. And also we saved on the, on the 28th floor. And so we are able to maintain a, a balanced budget. There's some echoing over there. Anyway, so, you know, as a result, JCF uh, is able to, you know, to give about 60% of our, you know, budget uh, to faith in action, to missions, etc. Okay, and, and that's good compared to many churches. Uh, I met a few pastors from mega churches. They have problems because they have a big building project. And, you know, when the COVID hits, their attendance went down and the giving went down. There's also churches that is in poorer rural area. And so when the, when the COVID hits, you know, the livelihood of people were not able to be sustained. And as a result, you know, the church too have a little bit of difficulties in sustainability from the point of financials. But from the point of, uh, of other things, I think GICF is also blessed. In a sense, we have you know, the multimedia people, the media people. You know, before that, uh, two years ago, if we have this problem, we wouldn't know what to do. We probably wouldn't even have this <laughs> because we, our multimedia was non-existent. And so two years before the COVID, the Lord brought Amanda and the team. Yeah, let's give them a big hand of applause. Yeah. You know. And these are the people that would come like 5 a.m. on Sunday morning and to set things up. You know, these things doesn't set up by itself. You know? so, so they would come and set it up. And, and so we are blessed that during the COVID period, we have live streaming and we have, you know, quite advanced, you know, for, uh, you know for, for a church that has always been relying on quite traditional uh, ways of doing things. Yeah, and so the other thing that uh, the Lord has greatly provided is during the COVID season, we have the patio. Remember, you guys? Yeah, we have, you know, when the government said, okay, you are not allowed to worship indoor, yeah, we were able to be out there. And so those who needs or who, who wants to fellowship, who wants to meet together, who wants to worship the Lord corporately, who are able to do that. And that's a great blessing. And when the COVID ends and the government says, okay, you can come back to the, to the main hall again, and we came back. And I could see weekly how the numbers has grown. You know, this morning, uh, in the morning worship, Normally, the numbers were not as, as big, but, but we have very good numbers. And so we were very glad and very uh, blessed. And during the COVID season, you know, we even have like the authentic manhood, they were going strong, the ladies' fellowship, they were going strong. And so many things that at uh, GICF were still going strong. 
and we also like to, you know, thank the Lord for that. And we have like Zoom prayer. We have the number of people who come and, you know, attend prayer meetings. And we not just have one, but we have numerous prayer meetings going on. And so the numbers grow as well. And I think these are all show signs that the Lord has blessed JCF. But on an individual basis, many people felt that, you know, two years of their life gone. You know, two years where they are not able to do too many things. I especially felt for the university students, you know, they are not able to join, you know, and experience the campus life. And so how much of education they were able to get. And also for people who live in the rural area, they're not able to meet, but yet they do not have the Zoom facilities. And so not everybody comes out winners at the COVID uh, pandemic. Some are sufferers, like I say. I started the COVID season a little bit worried. You may ask, what am I worried about? <laughs> I was worried that because for the last 30 years, I've been going to the office, coming home, and so forth. You know? I was worried that my wife was be saying, why is this guy you know, in the house that much? Yeah. And, uh, after, you know, but I was glad. You know? uh, she reaffirmed me and said, don't worry. You know, we love you. We love to have you at home. <laughs> okay? So that's good. That's settled. Yeah? Especially later on when, you know, when I retire, when we become empty nesters, I would know that you know, we will not be, uh, you know, killing each other. <laughs> okay, so, so that's good. Mm, but uh, what the COVID did is that it affects people quite badly in terms of identity and community. Our brother Yusuf last Sunday talked about this. And so at the start of the COVID season, I took preventive action I figure that if I keep reminding myself about who God is and who I am in Christ, I should be fine. And so it's important for us to focus on God. You know, my daughter got married recently, about two weeks ago, and you know, it was in Bali, and we have, a, you know, a, what do you call it, a outdoor ceremonies. And a few weeks, well, actually a few months before that, the event organizer was telling us, you know, in order to be safe, you should have a pawan, you know. You know pawan? You know, people, shaman who keeps the rain away so that it doesn't affect your event, but, you know, shift the rain somewhere else. But I told them, I say, you know, we believe in the Lord. We believe that the Lord will give us good weathers. And even if he doesn't give us good weathers, we know that he's a good heavenly father and that we'll accept whatever he gives us. Okay, so having said that, you know, everybody's watching, right? So, so during the week before that, I noticed that it was raining very heavily, you know, thunderstorm all over Bali. <laughs> and so I keep looking at the, my uh, mobile. I suddenly realized there were so many weather channels out there, you know. There was all kinds of things. Some have the, 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 the radar. Some will give you 10 days uh, forward projection and so forth and so forth. And so I was spending a lot of time looking at the weather. And then one day during my morning devotion, I was reminded by the Holy Spirit that I should focus upon the Lord. I shouldn't be looking at the weathers all the time, but my heart and my mind should be focused on the Lord Jesus Christ, on, the, on our Heavenly Father who loves us. And so I started doing that. And so the conversation changed. Instead of talking about the weather, 
Now we talk about the Lord. We talk about the goodness of the Lord, the faithfulness of the Lord, and how the Lord has been blessing us all this while. And how, you know, even if the weather doesn't turn out well, we, we know that He loves us and that it's best. And so that day, on the day itself, I mean, some of you were there. You know, it was cloudy, and that's good because, you know, we have, a, we have an outdoor event, right? And if it's too hot, then everybody will be like, oh, why is it so hot with their, you know, their festive with their jacket on and so forth. And so it was cloudy, very nice weather, no rain. And then when we went indoor for the dinner, it started to rain. And that's good too. You know why? Because, you know, sometimes the guests, after they've eaten, they want to go home, you see. So, so this is one way, you know, because it's raining, they have to stay, right? And so they stayed. And when the time comes for them to go home, the rain stopped, and so they went home. So the next day, everybody was just so amazed. They said, oh, you know, this, the, 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 the God of, uh, you know, he did wonderful things, and I'm glad that God gets the glory. Yeah. And so, again, it reminds us that it is important to focus on God and not so much on the environment and on the problems. So during the start of the COVID season, I reminded myself daily about Emmanuel, God with us. Can we have the next slide? Uh, So I also reminded myself of Matthew 28, verse 20, about surely I will be with you always to the very end of time. I reminded myself of Isaiah 9, Six, you know, it is like a Christmas thing, right? You know, you guys read about this during Christmas time. It says, for to us, a child is born, to us, a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called, what? Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. So this is not something that we call him. Actually, this is what God says, that his name shall be called. You know, this is the word of God, shall, his name shall be called. That means God is saying that he shall be called, what? Wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. And so what happened is this. I took God's word literally. So for six months during the COVID season, in beginning, whenever I felt lost, not sure what to do, I remember the wonderful counselor. When in a corner, and depend and need to depend on a mighty God. I know that He, the mighty God, will make a way when there seems to be no way. You know, when I needed consistency and dependability, and when everything seems so chaotic, I looked to the everlasting Father. And when I'm worried, depressed, and not sure, you know, what's going to happen, I look to the Prince of Peace. Because why? Because God Himself says, you know, when you're troubled, look to the Prince of Peace. And he said his name shall be called Prince of Peace. So for the first six months, I reminded myself and meditated on these verses. And the other thing that helps me tremendously during the COVID season is community. You know, as elders, we meet like twice a month. You know, I love meeting with all these men, you know, uh, Mike, Yusuf, Rod, and we also invited uh, Sanjaya, Agus, you know, to join us. Lovely people. And so we have a wonderful time. We, 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 we talk about you guys too, you know, what are the problems, how we can shepherd you guys better and so forth. But overall, we enjoy each other's company. We're able to encourage one another and so forth. I'm also involved in prayers, prayer group. 
I'm involved in the Wednesday prayer group, 7.30. I tell you, this, that's one of the happiest group I've been. You know? uh, every time you know, we get prayer answered, we rejoice. Uh, man, initially, we were, t- we were praying more, but to us, the last few months, we we're giving, there's more thanksgiving. And so the people there, they were all so happy. I, I, I haven't met such happy people you know, uh, ever you know, uh, before because the group, there's like nine, ten people regularly, and they were all so happy. They're all rejoicing. They're all so full of praise and thanksgiving to the Lord. And so let me tell you guys, uh, if you're feeling down, if you need some encouragement, you know, join the prayer group. It's, it's, really, it's really a great group to be in. I'm also involved in the Kingdom uh, Entrepreneurship Academy group. Uh, that's a marketplace group that we meet like once a week. We discuss relevant topics, how to you know, do things in our business, how to, how to overcome certain, uh, certain things and, 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 and so forth yeah, in, 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 our, in our lives, in our, in our business, in our relationship with our office people and so forth. And so those things helps as well. And obviously, you know, having a supportive family, those helps as well as being part of the preaching team as well. You know, John Zhang, uh, John Freiberg, they are all wonderful people. So we meet like once a month. And so meeting together in person, those were things that helps me to sustain, helps me to, to do relatively well, even though the COVID hits a lot of people. And that's why I would like to encourage, especially those who are at home, who feel that... Uh, Doing church at home is sufficient. I would like, like to encourage you guys you know, to just come and join us because there are certain things that you cannot do while you're at home. For example, fellowship, caring for one another. You know, uh, I suppose listening to the Word of God, you could, but sometimes I find myself during the COVID time in my pajamas still in bed, you know, and so my mind would start to wander. Eh? Whereas if you're sitting here, you know, I would look at your face, look at your eyes, you know, you will be attentive, you see. And so I'd like to encourage people, there are certain things that you cannot do at home, but you can do when you meet in person including caring and loving and you know, fellowshipping one another, prayer, uh, evangelism, hearing the word of God, and corporate worship. Like just now we were worshiping. It was just wonderful. I, by myself at home, I, w- I don't think I'll be able to, to praise the Lord to that extent. Okay, so it is important for us to have communion with one another and with God. Uh, next. So even so, Still, some part of my wall are broken and need to be restored. So what is the purpose of having a wall? You know, very recently, uh, actually this morning, you know, one of my house, uh, a house that is emptied, it was burglared. There was attempted burglary. Yeah. And I could just, uh, you know, what do you call it? Just now we were singing that, I will put my trust in the Lord, I shall not be shaken. You know, when you experience uh, your house being burgled, you probably be a little bit shaken. Yeah? But I, like I said, I identify with the song because when you put your trust in the Lord, you will not be shaken. But it caused me to think about the significant, the importance of a wall. Yeah? You see, what happened is my wall was a little bit lower. And so what I need to do then, I, I need to rebuild my wall. I need to make it more strong. I need to put some bulb wires. I need to make it higher so that uh, it's not that easy for people to come in. So a wall gives protection. 
A broken wall left people unprotected, easy to be attacked by the enemies who comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Okay? The other thing is a wall provides a sense of support and care. Okay, so broken wall cause people to feel like nobody cares. Let's say if after this uh, event, and if I still don't do anything about it, the people that live to, who, you know, who jaga my, my, my house, even though it is an empty house, they will probably feel, does my boss care? You know, they'll probably feel a bit insecure and, and feels like nobody cares. They will probably feel defeated and to a certain extent been oppressed. Yeah, because you know, uh, things can go wrong, right? So likewise, having a wall which is strong and protect and give you protection, it, it gives you a sense of support and care. And then a wall gives a person a sense of secure community. Otherwise, you feel alone, you feel unsafe, you feel humiliated living in a destroyed city. Yeah. For example, let's say if, 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 I'm, if you have a, a house that has you know, no walls and no protection, how, how do you feel? You, you probably feel that nobody cares, nobody, you know, nobody bothers. Yeah. And then finally, it, number four is to give a sense of identity, that you're part of a family, that you have favor with God. And without it, the, you have a loss of identity. You've, and we've forgotten our identity as the children of the Most High. You know, you probably feel that, that God is not in control anymore. And when you feel that way, it's easy to succumb to depression and hopelessness. So, rebuilding the wall of Jerusalem speaks about rebuilding the wall in the body of Christ. And in this case, you know, we want to talk about rebuilding the wall at JCF. And that uh, once the wall is rebuilt, it can bring people closer to God. And it shows that God loves them. And when you read the book of Nehemiah, you see that when the wall is rebuilt, chapter 8, chapter 9 onwards, there's rejoicing, there's, there's revival, there's a lot of good things happened because the wall has been rebuilt. And so what are some of the consequences of a broken wall that we're aware of as elders at JCF? You can, uh, we list them down as, you know, during the COVID season, especially during that time, there's increase in marital problems. There's increase in people feel lonely. You know, there are older people that, that that's by themselves at home because the children are not able to visit them. And there are people that, that died as well, you know, and their children are not even allowed to visit them in the hospital, and when they die, nobody's there. And in, even during uh, you know, the wake, there's nobody there. Uh, that's loneliness. And so that causes people depression, there's hopelessness, the lack of purpose, financial difficulties when they are, you know, when they are, uh, what's the, the, fight, the business uh, collapse or when the unemployment. And also as a result, there's also many people who backslidden as well and who are disillusioned with God, thinking, God, how can you allow this to happen? Yeah, and so there's a lot of consequences of a broken wall. But the good news is God cares. God is concerned about this. He cares. He desires to do something about it. And so Isaiah 49 verse 15 to 16 reads, Can a woman forget her nursing child, that she should have no compassion on the son of her womb? Even this may forget, 
yet I will not forget you. Behold, I have engraved you on the palms of my hands. Your walls are continually before me. You know, your walls are continually before me. You know, God has engraved us on the palm of his, his hand. Yeah, so what does it mean? You know, I have a wedding ring. So when I look at the wedding ring, I know that you know, I'm married to this wonderful lady. Right? And the whole world also know that I'm a married man. Right? So when God has your name engraved in his arms, it's a constant reminder you know, that you are his precious, that the Lord Jesus Christ has died for you. And now in his eyes, you are his, his children. Yeah. And it's also a reminder to everybody else that, you, that he is your God, he is your heavenly father. And so it says that he is actively interested in the condition of your wall. Yeah. And so, so, so this verse means really a great deal to me. Another verse that, that I like to read is from 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3 and 4. It says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the Father and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our affliction, so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. You know, personally, I derive much comfort from hearing these words. Hearing the words of God is important. God used His Word and the Holy Spirit to restore and to transform us. When we meditate upon His Word, it has the power to transform us. You know, the Second Timothy 3.16 reads, All Scripture is God's breath and is useful for teaching, for rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. So besides the Word of God and Holy Spirit, God also uses His people to accomplish His purpose of reconciliation. In the Bible, there's 59 verses regarding one another, including things like love one another, pray for one another, uh, exhort one another, encourage and caring for one another. And through all this is God cares for us, and God cares through us as well. So how does God carry out his love and concern for us? Let's read from uh, Nehemiah and learn how God rebuilt the wall of Jerusalem. Nehemiah chapter 1, verse 1 to 3. Can we have the, the slide? Now it happens on the month of uh, Chisli, in the 20th year, as I was in Susa, the citadel, that Hanani, one of my brothers, came with certain men from Judah, Judah, uh, Judah. And I asked them concerning the Jews who escaped, who had survived the exile, and concerning Jerusalem. And they said to me, the remnant there in the province who had survived the exile is in great trouble and shame. The wall of Jerusalem is broken down and its gates are destroyed by fire. So lesson one from this is that God plants the care in his people. You know, Nehemiah, at that time, he has a very comfortable job. He was in the palace of one of the, probably the most powerful men in the whole world. You know, he has everything he, he needs and everything he wants. So he doesn't have a single care. So actually, why does he need to, 
to actually go and do something, especially Jerusalem. He wasn't even born in Jerusalem, right? He, and during those times, there's no Google. He couldn't even see what the, how does Jerusalem looks like. And so why actually would he want to care you know, for Jerusalem? Yeah, I believe that God planted a care in his heart. And that's why he asked the people in Jerusalem, I mean, he asked the people how Jerusalem is doing. We too should have concern. We too should be asking around, how are you doing? Yeah, many times when we ask, how are you doing? How are you doing? And how are you doing? And even before the guy can respond, we're already walking somewhere else. Yeah. I believe that you know, we should be sincere about our care for people. We should ask, how are you doing? And then we pause and then we see and then he give them a chance to talk to us. Yeah, because it is important that we care for one another because God cares for us and he wants us to care for one another. Okay, so what would we want? I mean, the question is, why would, actually, why would we want to do that? Yeah, wouldn't it be better to mind our own business? Right? I mean, after all, you know, people, the bigger the city you are, the, the, the more busier you are and the more people be telling you, mind your own business. Sometimes when you mind other people's business, they'll tell you off, it's none of your business, go away. You know? And so why would we want to do that? I believe that it is because God has done a heart transplant in us. Next slide. When we believe in the Lord Jesus and accepted him as our, uh, in, as our savior in our lives, the Holy Spirit come and dwelt in us. Efficient uh, Ezekiel chapter 36 verse 29 prophesied that God will give you a new heart, a new spirit I will put within you and I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. A heart of flesh that cares for what he cares for. Grief, what grief God. You know, throughout the COVID season, the elders were very concerned about the body of Christ at GICF. How are they doing? What can we do to better shepherd the people that God has entrusted us? It's not because we are so free and has nothing else to do. You look at Mike Brumel, you know, he's, he's really busy, but he's always so full of care and, you know, what can we do, you know, to shepherd the people that God has entrusted to us. And if we see something not right and do nothing about it, what happens is it grieves our heart because one of the, the fruit of the Holy Spirit is love, kindness, and goodness. So as it grieves the Holy Spirit, it grips us because the Holy Spirit you know, dwells in us. And so the same Holy Spirit that stressed the importance of bonding we have for each other because we are in the same body, the body of Christ. Next slide. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 24-26 reads, But God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it that there may be no division in the body, but that members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffers together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. So at our elders' meeting, often we will hear about your condition. 
And when one of you suffers, we suffers with you. Because why? Because we have been put in the same body by our Lord Jesus Christ. And so, as it says here, and it's true, when one body suffers, everybody else suffers together with it. So similarly, as believers, we are constantly reminded by the Holy Spirit of the need to love and honor God by obeying His command, including the greatest commandments of loving God and loving one another. John chapter 13, verse 34 to 35 reads, uh, uh, next slide, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. You see, when we love one another, we are showing Jesus' love for mankind. We are showing that God sent Jesus to come down to earth uh, you know, to save us. Yeah, so this is how God demonstrates his love you know, by asking us that when we show love to one another, you know, we honor him and we, uh, people will know that we are his disciples. So it is important for us to care and love one another. Let's continue reading from Nehemiah chapter 1, verse 4 to 7. As soon as I heard these words, I sat down and wept and mourned for days, and I continued fasting and praying before the God of heaven. And I said, O Lord, God of heaven, the great and awesome God who keeps covenant and steadfast love, with those who love him and keep his commandments. Let your ears be attentive and your eyes open to hear the prayer of your servant that I now pray before you day and night for the people of Israel, your servant, confessing the sins of the people of Israel, which we have sinned against you. Even I and my father's house have sinned. We have acted very corruptly against you and have not kept the commandments, the statutes, and the rules that you command your servant Moses. You know, as elders, when we hear things like depression, divorce, financial difficulties, people slipping away from God, it grieves our heart. Verse 4, Nehemiah. Nehemiah wept and mourned for days. He fasted and prayed for the people, interceding for the people. Do you know what interceding means? Interceding means standing in the gap. It's not me or you. you know, your sin becomes my sin. I'm standing in the gap. We become together. We become us. So in this case, Nehemiah is praying to God even though he has not sinned, right? I mean, he was born after the exile, right? But yet he says that even I and my father's house have sinned. Yeah, so... One of the reasons why GICF is doing relatively well is because, like I said earlier, we have many people who are praying and interceding for us. Yeah, praise the Lord for these faithful men and women you know, who day in, day out you know, intercede. And we have a prayer uh, groups in, at GICF. And if you need prayer, you know, please write down on a piece of paper or send your prayer request. And they are faithful to be praying you know, day in, day out for you. And indeed, the Lord has answered many, many prayers. Let's continue reading from verse, chapter, uh, verse 8 to 11. Remember the word that God commands your servant, Moses, saying, 
If you are unfaithful, I will scatter you among the people. But if you return to me and keep your commandments and do them, true, although your, your outcasts are in the uttermost uh, parts of heaven, from there I will gather them and bring them to the place that I have chosen to make my name dwell there. They are your servant and your people whom you have redeemed by your great power and by your strong hands. O Lord, let your ear be attentive to the prayer of your servant and to the prayer of your servants who delights to fear your name and to give success to your servant today and grant him mercy in the sight of this man. Um, have I, have I, oh yeah, okay. So, you know, the third things that the Holy Spirit does is to stir us to do something about it. You know, Nehemiah prayed, O Lord, let your ear be attentive to the prayer of your servant and to the prayer of your servants who delight to fear your name and to give success to your servant today and grant him mercy in the sight of this man. And so, you know, God gives Nehemiah a desire to do something about it, yeah, to get out of his comfort zone and to put himself at risk. You know, four months ago, the elders, we have a retreat. Okay, in the retreat, we want to seek God on what he requires of us as elders. And I was just so amazed that unanimously, all four of us came to the same conclusion, that some of the walls at JCF are broken, and we need to do something about it. And it is, it's just so amazing how God, how the Holy Spirit, you know, create the same uh, burden, the same desires in our heart, that the walls of JCF, some of the walls are broken, and we need to do something about it. You know, note that God starts the process. He plants the cares in our hearts. He causes our hearts to break for what breaks his heart, what breaks his heart. He stirs us with a desire to do something about it. So that is God's part. Okay, now comes our part. You see, God prefers to work with his people. You know, surely the creator of heaven and earth, if he wants to build or rebuild, restore the wall of Jerusalem, he just needs to say the words and it's done, right? But God doesn't work that way. He wants to work with his people. He wants his people to do the work and he wants to involve us. So often what happens is his people ignore you know, God's prompting and God's stirring, the stirring of the Holy Spirit. Let me ask you this. How often do you, do you experience this? You know, God, Holy Spirit, asks you to say, talk to this person. You know, go and see what's wrong with them. So go and ask them, how are they doing? Go and pray for them. But we, we will say, hmm, Lord, that's, that's not my cup of tea. You know, I, I'd rather not do it, you know. I mean, after all, I do not know the person. After all, you know, what happened if he asked this or asked that? Or what happened if he tells me it's none of your business, just go away? You know, wouldn't I look silly or something? Yeah, let's see how, you know, Nehemiah and his people took up this challenge and let's learn from it. So how should God's people respond? Step four, is to have a well-thought 
parallel action plan. See, Nehemiah was asked to do a one-minute elevator pitch immediately when the king asked him. He got, do you know what's a one-minute elevator pitch? It's like sometimes you want to pitch to this important person, right? And you're in this lift with this person. You have just one minute. You do not know when he will take, he will, you know, lift which floor he will be going to. So you have one minute. So during this one minute, you must be concise. You must be precise. You must not beat around the bush. You must tell them exactly what is it that you want. Okay? And so Nehemiah, after praying and fasting and thinking through for four months, this is what he says. He says, if it pleases the king, and if your servant have found, have found favor in your sight, that you sent me to Judah, to the city and my father's grave, that I may rebuild it. Uh, see, so he was very con- concise, he was very precise. And then he, he also says, let the king give the permit so that I could have safe passage, so I could have building material as well. You know, please write a letter to this person so that he will supply me with the building material. He said it concise, precise, and guess what? Without PowerPoint. <laughs> right? These days we are just so dependent on PowerPoint. But let me tell you this. When God is on your side, you don't need PowerPoint. Because why? Because you have the power to point. Yeah. So it is important to have a well thought through plan of action. In Nehemiah chapter 2 verse 13, we see that after arriving in Jerusalem, he continues to study, to research, to inspect and to inquire. Yeah, it's not just you know, a plan that he, he, he did you know, in Susa because over there, I mean, he doesn't know what the exact condition is, right? So when he arrived there, he was very thorough. He did more studies. He, do, he did more inquiries. He inspect, yeah. In Nehemiah 2.13, it said, I inspected the wall of Jerusalem that was broken down and its gate that has been destroyed by fire. You see, so what he did was he improved on his plan so that he has a well thought through you know, um, every aspect of what he needs to do. Why is that important? So that when people ask a question, he's able to reply, answer the questions. When there are opposition, he's able to respond to them. Okay? And then once he has a well thought through action plan, he started to communicate and to cast the vision to the people. Again, the question asked is why is it so important to cast a vision, to communicate and to cast the vision to the people? You see, a few people would not be able to get the work done. Right? And even if a few people were to attempt to do it, it will be very slow and it will be a very long process. And more important thing is because God wants everybody to be involved. You know, the Bible speaks about the priesthood of all believers. First Peter chapter 2, verse 9, it says, But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people of his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellence of him, who call you out of darkness into his marvelous light. So not just a few people. Everybody needs to be involved. 
not just the elders, not just the ministry leaders, but everyone. There are 59 verses, once again, in the Bible that speaks about the one another. Love one another, serve one another, exalt one another, pray for one another, etc. You know, note that this one another thing is not top down. You know, many churches, people think, oh, the pastors do the work and he's the one that prays for the people. You know, the people maybe do not need to pray to, you know, for him. He's the one that encouraged people because we pay him to, to, you know, to encourage us, right? But according to the Bible, it says we should encourage one another. Guess what? Actually, many pastors needs encouragement. Yeah, you know that the frequency of pastors being burned out is very high. And what's the reason? I believe the reason is because a few people, so few people are doing all the work and these people that are doing all the work get burned out. And so it's important, this one another verses. And what more glorious, refreshing, empowering way to love one another than to obey the one another verses of encouraging one another, praying for one another, caring for one another. Yeah, some of you may be asking this and say, well, I'm not so good at doing things. Guess what? I believe that God wants to equip you. God wants to equip everyone to perform their role in the body. You know, not everyone is called to be the mouth. Some are called to be the hands, just like you know, Corinthians says. Some are called to be the legs. Some are called to be other parts of the body. But it says that every part of the body is important and that we need one another for the body to function well, to function proper, properly. So if you need help, we will equip you. I love the, the rock, the children's church. You know, when they ask for volunteers, they say it's there, that we will equip you. Basically, what you need to be is you need to be what they call fat, F-A-T, faithful, available, and teachable. With that criteria, that condition, anyone can be equipped. All right, so I remember the first time when I was moderating many, many years ago. I was, you know, nervous. I was going through the thing, wishing that it will quickly go away. And in my, in my haste, uh, I was about to conclude, and then I saw a few of the ushers, they were jumping up and down with the ushering backs. And I realized, oh dear, I've forgotten one very important thing. I've forgotten to ask to collect the offerings. <laughs> yeah, but that's, 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 that's fun. I mean, that's, uh, you know, thinking back, you know, uh, at that time, I, the excuse I, I use is that, you know, none of us are professional, we're all volunteers, you know, so... Yeah, volunteers and to be like me because if you make a mistake, people will laugh at it and they'll forgive you. So likewise, you know, we are all volunteers. We are all doing it. Why? Because we love the Lord. We want to be obedient. And so if we are not good uh, already, we can be equipped. What is important is the heart. Yeah, the main thing, we must have the heart to do it. And in Nehemiah chapter 2, verse 18, the people said, let us rise up and build. So they strengthen their hands for the good work. So what means is, number six is that you just need to do it. You know, with that and with God's blessing, the wall was restored in 59 days. Along the way, definitely there was problems, but it was done. God was with them. And I'm sure of this, that he that begins a good work in us will see it to completion. And so do it. 
don't know how, we will equip you. Too busy to be involved, no desire, don't care, well, that's another problem. For those, my prayer is that the following hymns from uh, Hillsong called Hosanna will speak to your heart. By the way, we'll be singing this later on. It says this, Heal my heart and make it clean. Open my eyes to the things unseen. Show me how to love like you have loved me. Break my heart with what breaks yours. Everything I am for your kingdom cause as I walk from earth into eternity. You know, show me how to love like you have shown me. How has had Jesus loved us? I remember uh, my, when I was lost, I was in the pit of destruction. You know, Psalm chapter 40, it speaks about that, that the, you know, the psalmist was in the pit of destruction. There was no wall. We were in the, you know, in the pit. You could imagine there's like a wall. You were at the bottom of it. And that's what we were. You know, there's no wall protecting us. There's nothing. And what Jesus did was he went down to the, to the well and he lifted us up. And as a result, it says later on in Psalm chapter 40 that your feet is on a rock. And now you have uh, you know, put a new song in my mouth and I sing of praise to our God. And that's what happened. That's how much Jesus loved us. And so I love this when they say, show me how to love like you have loved me. Break my heart for what breaks yours. Uh, also, I remember the hymn from a, a classic, uh, the lyric from a classic hymn. It says, when I survey the wondrous cross. Okay? When I survey the wondrous cross on which the Prince of Glory died, my richest gain I count but loss and pour contempt on all my pride. Forbid it, Lord, that I should boast save in the death of Christ my God. All the vain things that charm me most, I sacrifice them to his blood. See from his head, his hands, his feet, sorrow and love flows mingled down. Did ever such love and sorrow meet? or thorns compose so rich a crown. Were the whole realm of nature's mind, there were a presence far too small. Love so amazing, so divine, demands my soul, my life, my all. Let's have a, the right heart. Let's be in one accord in rebuilding the wall at JCF. So next question asks is, what walls should we be restoring? walls that are preventing people from having a closer walk with God. I listed down a few of these areas. Next slide, please. You know, people, uh, people that, haven't, that we haven't seen around lately. Yeah. You know, now that we've been back, I look around, I do see there are some people that has not been with us lately. Okay, so I, I guess it's important for us you know, to reach out to them, to see how they're doing. You know, maybe call them up to say, hey, I haven't seen you around. How are you doing? Yeah. And if, if their office is near to you, invite them for a lunch or something. You know, show hospitality and care. 
I, I guess even right now, there are people who used to come to GICF and who have stopped coming and who is wondering, I've been gone for a few months, few years. How come nobody has called me? Nobody has contacted me? I think, you know, it is in the heart of God for us to do that, to reach out to them. I think this is one wall that we can all do so easily. And this is a wall that is, that, you know, the leadership of four or five people or even 10, 20 people is not able to do that. You have your own sphere of network, sphere of influence. And so I believe that the Lord wants us, you know, to reach out to people that we have not seen lately. What about people that are not doing well spiritually? You know, when you ask the question, how are you? And when you are sincere about it, you know, people will tell you about their problems. Yeah. I, many times when I'm praying, I do you know, sense the Holy Spirit wanting me to pray for this and this person. And so sometimes I'll call them up and I say, hey, I say, I say you know, the Lord brought you into my mind when I was praying. And, and then they will tell me certain things. Yeah. And, and, and it's just so incredible. It shows that God cares. And so it's important for us you know, to pray for people, important to us to ask them the question like Nehemiah, how are you doing? And it's important for us, for those who are not doing well spiritually, to love them. You know, sometimes we will say, oh, you know, they are weak Christians. Yeah, you know, uh, they're hopeless. Yeah. But you know, how, how does God treat us? You know, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us, right? So I'm sure, you know, God wants us to love them and also to disciple them so they grow spiritually, they grow to become stronger. What about other things? You know, people with relationship problems. Yeah, so what can we do over there? You know, it's good that in, in, at JCF we have a program called Re-Engaged. It is a marital, you know, uh, pop, you know program to help people whose marriage are in trouble. Yeah, and Agus is one of the leaders there. You know, Agus is, was just talking to me. He says that this is much needed, yeah, but he needs to equip more people to do that. So if you are, you know, if you feel God calling you to do that, you know, please talk to Agus. Please avail yourself. And the other thing is, you know, we have also authentic manhood. We have the women's group, and those are doing well to encourage people to be authentic men and women. And another thing that we are doing at GICF is we are in the process of putting up you know, a, a, a counseling program, a counseling program that will probably start in, in February. So this will equip all of us who desires, who wants to learn to know more about counseling, who wants to counsel people, who wants to help people, who has walls broken. You know, these programs will be available again. You know, we need more counselors. We need people who say, here, here I am, Lord, you know, use me. I want to be a counselor. And then I'm also aware of people that have economic difficulties. You know, I, I'm trained as an economist, and in my business, we also, you know, make some projection, prediction. We see that in the next one, two years, there'll probably be a global recession. As interest rate goes up, you know, uh, you know, we'll see more companies retrenching and there'll be you know, less jobs available. And as the world progresses, there'll be more changes. There'll be things that need to be done. Yeah, so I, 
I'm the representative for Crown Financial Ministry. I've, I've been telling the people you know, in various churches who are part of the Crown team that this time is important. We have to prepare people to be good stewardship of the resources that God has given to us so that we ourselves are taken care of as well as we are able to help others. We're able to, you know, to, to, to apply and to teach others. And we, are, we ourselves would also be able to be generous. Yeah. The other thing that uh, I'm doing uh, with a group of folks in Singapore is uh, you know, they, they develop a skill platform. And in this world where there's the needs to reskill and to upskill, it's important that if you do not want to be unemployed, for you to be constantly improving themselves. So, so this guy, he works for the government of Singapore before coming uh, private. He's a believer. And his, his desire is to be a blessing to the church. And so he has set up a skill platform that one can subscribe and one can learn various things. There's like 13,000 you know, uh, things that one can learn. And he's also able to bring some digital things like coding and uh, you know, data science and, and, and all these relevant things for a fraction of the cost of what it will take uh, to learn it in the, you know, if, if you do it offline and, 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 you know, and so forth. So, so we hope to make that available to the churches yeah, so that people could learn, they could reskill, they could upskill. And there may be people here as well who may not be able to afford it. And then some of us may say, okay, if you're sincere, if you are truly wants to improve, I'm willing to pay this two, three million so that you could help yourself. Yeah? Just like, you know, it's better to teach people to fish rather than to give them fish. Okay, so these are some of the things that we would be doing. Uh, and so... Uh, but we also know that it is best done through the community, community groups. And so next week, Rod, uh, one of the elders, will be speaking more about that, about how we ho hope to do things, rebuilding the wall through the community groups. Okay, so finally, what can you do? Okay, so there's three things that you can do. One is, what needs do you have personally? Like we say, you know, everybody wall has been you know, uh, damaged one way or the other through the, through the COVID. So what needs do you have? Now, please let us know what needs do you have so that we can help you because we are told to help one another, right? The other thing is, what needs do you see? Now, what needs do you see? Okay? Now, so you have your own sphere of influence. Like you can see things that, that something is not right. You know, please let us know. Yeah, please let us know so that we can incorporate that into our action plan. Yeah, remember, we need to have more details. We need to be more. We need to inspect. Yeah, we need to. We need and and just the four of us, we wouldn't know, you know, what's going on in the lives of everybody. Yeah, so you need to let us know. You know, what needs do you see? And finally, what can you do about it? You know, certain things you see, you would say, oh, I. I I can do that. I can help, you know, to restore the wall. If you can do that, you know, please go ahead and do that. Okay, so what can you do? Let us know, you know, the needs you have, the needs you see, and what can you do about the needs that's around. And finally, uh, next, at the end of it, when the wall is rebuilt, we see people returning to God. We see community restored. We see praise and worship of God. We see revival. 
And if we read the, the rest of Nehemiah, this is what happens when the wall is rebuilt. Revival happens. Prayers and worship happens. People returning to the Lord. And I believe that is the desire that's in God's heart. Let's pray. Our Father, thank you. Thank you, Father, Father, for putting this in our hearts that the walls here at JCF needs rebuilding. Some of the walls has broken down, Father. Some of the walls that's preventing people from coming to you, coming to, uh, you know, uh, has to be restored, Father. Father, thank you that we are not alone. We know that you care. You said that you have even, you know, embolt em, the, you know, the, the things in your hands, Father, so that we are constantly reminded that you care, that you care for us, that you are troubled by the, bro- by the broken wall. Father, we also thank you, Father, that you have also asked us, you have put a burden in our hearts. And it's not just a few people, but you have asked us to do this together. You've given us the body, the body of Christ, that when one suffers, everybody suffers with it. And so, Father, help us to do it, Father, to love one another so that the world would be able to see that you sent our Lord Jesus Christ and that we are your disciples by our love for one another. Help us to honour you by loving one another. Father, thank you that you, know, you have given us the Holy Spirit to prom and stir us. Let our hearts not be one of selfishness, Father, of saying, you know, what is it for me? Why do I need to care? But help us to share the same heart as it is in your hearts, that what breaks your heart, let it break our hearts as well. So, Father, thank you. Thank you for this body that you have given to us here at GICF. Thank you for speaking to us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.